0: This is the message from Connection Community Church for Sunday, June 4th, 2017. Seeds, you reap what you sow. So corn, you're going to get corn. That's what we're talking about today. You reap what you sow.
1: I'm a little hungry for corn right now.
0: <laughs> yeah, Good they, morning. They have some for you. Yeah.
1: Good morning, Connection Church. My name is Carrie Jones. I'm
0: Alan Jones.
1: We're really impressed that you're here. I mean, the weather is awesome out there. You made a decision to just show up and worship God together. Thank you so much. Mm -hmm. Our mission is to connect people with Jesus and the new life he offers. And we're two sinners who have been saved by the grace of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Would you pray with us, please? Mighty God, thank you so much for today. We want to give you all the honor that is due you, Lord, and our words just fall short of being able to express that. God, thank you for bringing us together. Thank you for your word found in Scripture. Reveal to us exactly what you want us to see and hear and experience from the Scripture lesson today. And help us be changed and transformed in a way that helps us grow in more and more likeness of you. We pray this in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. So today we're looking at Galatians, the fifth chapter, and we've got this this, uh, amount of scripture, and we're going to take it line by line today. Here we go. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked, for you reap whatever you sow.
0: Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. In other words, this is a kind of a basic law of nature, a basic way by which the world operates, basic way God thinks sets us. God has set things up, and we can't get over on God, can we? No, uh uh-uh. So, if you sow apple seeds, you can expect apple trees, right? If you sow those little whirly bird. We usually don't sow them. If they get sown, those little whirly bird maple seeds, you're going to get maple trees. And if you sow tomato seeds, you're going to get, hopefully, tomatoes. Yeah. If you sow grass, you get a yard. <laughs> you get what? <laughs> and if you sow dollar bills, you get a money tree, right? That's what our kids used to think. Doesn't work like that, does it? Anyway. And and then on the other hand, if if you sow apple seeds, you're not going to get a peach tree, are you? And if you sow corn, there's no way you're going to get bok choy. No way. Yeah. You know, it's one of those marks of craziness, you know. This kind of thinking is a mark of being crazy, that if you sow one thing and you expect something else to spring forth how it is it's practical it's literal it's common sense truth you get what you sow end of message goodbye I'm wrong I'm kidding
1: and yet when we look at this in a more figurative sense when we take it from the garden planting seeds in a garden to the garden of our hearts it's a whole different story because we really don't quite get it here's what I mean When we, instead of planting tomato seeds, when we plant seeds of criticism, when we plant seeds um, of things like criticism, we're kind of surprised that we reap that. I mean, we think that maybe we'll reap something else. Take, for example, with our kids. Maybe we spend a lot of time criticizing. I'm not talking about giving direction. That's two separate things two different kinds of ways to approach it. But if we um, are into the criticism, you know, your hair's too long, your grades aren't good enough, you're not this, you're not that, you should or you shouldn't, and when that goes on and on and on, um, what do you think's going to happen with those types of seeds of criticism? It really doesn't come out very well. It just doesn't. When we constantly sow... Those kinds of negative seeds, and we think something positive is going to come out of that, it just doesn't work. When I sow negative seeds, like with my speech or my thoughts, and I'm so grateful that Alan doesn't like water those seeds, but instead lovingly holds me accountable just not with our kids or with our spouse, these seeds that we sow. We can sow seeds at work. We sow seeds at school. We sow seeds in the community. Even seeds here at church can be sown at times. And not just seeds of criticism we're talking about, but we could sow seeds of judgment. We could sow seeds of gossip. We could sow seeds of jealousy. There are lots of different kinds of seeds that we sow in uh, the areas that we operate. Mm.
0: So basic law of nature, and it is what it is. You reap what you sow, whether it's in the field, in the heart, in your home, in your life. You reap what you sow. You want good stuff? You better be uh, planting good seeds. That's the bottom line. Simple as that.
1: Oh. Okay, that's right. I was really listening. All right, here we go. Trying something new. Yeah. Mm.
0: So good.
1: Now that's an example of what we're talking that's about today. Exactly.
0: Well, that's I wanted to put it out there so they'd know what not to do.
1: If you sow to your, own, if you sow to your own flesh, you will reap corruption from the flesh. But if you sow to the Spirit, you will reap eternal life. From the Spirit.
0: If you sow to your own flesh, in other words, um, if you sow seeds to please yourself, so selfish seeds, so self centered seeds, uh, all about me seeds, seeds that bring you physical pleasure, seeds that bring you material pleasure, seeds that enhance your ego, seeds of a hedonistic nature, seeds aiming at bringing you sensual or self indulging pleasures, if these are the seeds that you sow, According to Scripture, you're going to reap corruption from the flesh. Now, when something is corrupted, that means that it is no longer doing what it was meant to do. That's a cool definition, isn't it? If it's corrupted, it's no longer doing what it's meant to do. Corruption, then, in you means you're no longer doing what you were meant to do. It's a negative thing. When there's corruption, it means that something's on the decline. It's heading toward the negative. It's gone from good to bad in morals, manners, or actions, according to Webster's Dictionary. Corruption takes us away from God. When we sow to the flesh, then we put distance between ourselves and God, and in so doing, we manage to diminish the good that God intends for us. Corruption from the flesh pushes God away in order to make room for the fleshy things in our lives.
1: So we're focused on Galatians chapter 6, but Paul really outlines what this fleshiness looks like in the previous chapter in chapter 5. Here's what Paul writes Now the works of the flesh are obvious fornication, impurity, licentiousness, that means, I had to look it up, promiscuity, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, anger, quarrels, dissensions, factions, envy, drunkenness, carousing, and things like these. I am warning you, as I warned you before, those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God.
0: That's quite a list, isn't it? (laughs) Wow. On the other hand… And that's
1: quite a warning.
0: Yeah, it is. It is. Will not inherit the kingdom of God. There you go. On the other hand, if you sow to the Spirit, you will reap, according to Scripture, eternal life from the Spirit. If you focus… If your focus is on God's Holy Spirit, on godly things, not earthly things, if you spend your time, energy, and resources focused on the spiritual rather than the material, you will reap eternal benefits, eternal life from the Holy Spirit. Paul discusses these things immediately following his discussion of the works of the flesh that just, that we just talked about. And we looked at what you're going to share in a minute, in a few seconds here, previously a couple of times, but it bears repeating.
1: So here we are, Galatians 5. By contrast, the fruit of the Spirit is, same with me, love, joy, peace, peace. Patience, kindness, generosity, faithfulness, 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 gentleness, and self-control. Those are the things when we're in Christ, when we operate in the Spirit, allowing the Holy Spirit to guide us, to to clean us up. The fruit is good stuff. There is no law against such things. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us also be guided by the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, competing against one another, envying one another.
0: Mm-hmm. And as when I said we get eternal life through the Holy Spirit, it's not to say that we get eternal life through what we do. You know, we have this checklist. Type, good, 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 good. I got enough points. I'm into hell. It's not what we're saying. We're saved only, only through the blood of Jesus Christ. Only through his death and resurrection are we saved. That being said, though, when we sow heavenly seeds, we get heavenly returns, we get heavenly results. And then when we sow nasty, ugly, evil seeds, what do you think we get? Evil results. And, and, and Christ didn't say, okay, you're saved in me, now go do whatever you want. That's not how it works. I, I know some people who have, a, oh, well, I'm saved, I can go whatever. Well, obviously, you missed something and, 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 and the book there, because that's not how it works. You, if you're sp- saved especially, you would have a desire to do what's pleasing to Christ. You would be, It would be like a giant thank you note to Christ by living your life righteously. And it's not just for ourselves, but how about the, the seeds that we're planting in others, as you were talking about with our kids or maybe kids at church or wherever you are, our neighbors, whoever, kind of see the seeds that we're planting should be those righteous seeds you know, right here, right now, we can have heaven right on earth, and we can experience a piece of that is by sowing those good seeds through the strength of the Holy Spirit. You reap what you sow, fact of life.
1: So the question becomes this. If, if we know that we reap what we sow, if I reap what I sow, why do I keep sowing <laughs> seeds from my flesh? Why do I do that? And it's a good question, I think, for all of us. And the simple answer is that we are sinful by nature from the very beginning. It started at the beginning of time with Adam and Eve. I mean, sin entered the world with, with the fall. And Paul himself, who wrote this letter to the Galatians, He also wrote other letters to the churches that he planted, and one was to the church at Rome, and Paul says this.
0: Now, keep up with it, because this thing gets kind of gyrated here, so uh, in the do's and the don'ts, but see if we can get through this. For I know that nothing good dwells within me, that is, in my flesh. I can will what is right, but I cannot do it. For I do not do the good I want but the evil I do not want is what I do. You with me so far? Okay, we've done a couple flips so far. Now, if I do what I do not want, it is no longer I that do it, but sin that dwells within me. Wow. And that's Paul, right?
1: (laughs) So, I find this scripture a little depressing. You know, I don't do what I should do. I do do what I shouldn't do. Because that's sin, and we all are sinners, and that's why we need Jesus, and that's why there's grace, that unmerited love, that love that all we can do is accept as a gift and live the rest of our lives out as a thank you note to God for new life in Christ. You know, Paul's the one that said this, and he is the champion. He was the champion of Christianity for the non-Jews, the Gentiles. He wrote, like, a large portion of the New Testament. Paul, he suffered exceedingly to just share the good news. I mean, he was passionate. He didn't care what happened to him. He was thrown in jail. He was beaten. He was, But he knew this is what he said. So if this is true for Paul... <laughs> It could be true for me. It is true for me. It is true for all of us. We all miss the mark. That's sin. It's like there's this big old bullseye, and if, if right here is, is the way of the Lord, and the way is narrow, by the way, the way of the Lord, and then we, we're like out here, and that's sin. So we need to just continue to press on right to the bullseye And yeah, we're not, we get perfection eventually in heaven, but all we can do is order our steps one foot in front of the other, depending on the power of the Holy Spirit. We've got to look to God for strength. It's through God's strength, not our own, because we will continually mess up and miss the mark. It's God's Holy Spirit that helps us combat sin. Mm
0: back to Galatians 6. So let us not grow weary in doing what is right, for we will reap at harvest time if we do not give up. So then, whenever we have an opportunity, let us work for the good of all and especially for those of the family of faith.
1: Let us not grow weary of doing what is right. I'll say that again, let us not grow weary of doing what is right. our righteous actions, our actions that are right in the sight of God. I mean we really do deep down, know right and wrong. What is right in the sight of God. Now here's the thing to remember, those actions they don't save us, they don't save us, but they are our thankful response to Jesus, who does save us. Christ and Christ alone we reap what we sow. If we sow good seeds, like Jesus kinds of seeds, then we reap good. If we sow evil, we reap evil. We are called to work for good. You see that last line, let us work for the good of all, and especially for those of the family of faith. Now, I was thinking about that yesterday, and It doesn't exclude out there, but what we need to do is sow good seeds here to build each other up, to encourage each other so that in God's strength, in the family of God, we can have the courage and the boldness to make a difference for those who don't have the relationship with Jesus. That's why I believe Paul wrote that. It's a means of encouragement to never grow weary of doing good. Of doing what Jesus would have us do.
0: This letter to the Galatians, the Galatian church uh, Paul started years before, and he had received news that they were getting, missing the mark. They were going off track of what he had taught them. And so, this is a letter to try to make them aware that, hey, guys, straighten it up here. You, you got to get back on track here. And so he's saying that to them, and so especially those in the family of faith, encourage one another, build one another up, be uh, accountable to one another, because we're kind of all in this together, and he shares that, as Carrie just said, with us as well. We're, we're here to, to reach out beyond these walls, but at the same token, within the wall, we got to sh- uh, share and care for one another as we go out and dare, you know, we got to work together in this thing. You know, it's funny, I, uh, when we were writing this, I'm thinking back over my life, it's those times when I've sowed myself into others, reaching out, took <laughs> precedence over reaching in when I looked to God for my strength and shield. It's at those times when I've been the most blessed and righteousness or being right with God, doing what God would want us to. That reigned in my life, and I'm talking I was, you know, saved in Christ then. And, and on the other hand, I still saved in Christ, there are times when, I hate to say it, where even though I'm, oh, Jesus is my Savior, I've been worried about Alan, where I've been plowing Alan's field and worried about Alan's little corner of the world where, you know, it was all about me. Shouldn't be that way, but sometimes, you know, our humanness comes through, our fleshiness, when I focused on my wants, my desires, my earthly treasures, my earthly pleasures, and it's at those times when, when I look back, those were times when I was furthest from God, you know, when I was reaping what I was sowing, and it surely wasn't godly <laughs> reaping, okay? When what I reaped was far short of what God had in store for me. The truth is we reap what we sow.
1: This concept, reap what you sow, was not new with the Apostle Paul in his writings. We actually see it in the Old Testament, the first part of the Bible. The prophet Hosea wrote about it 700 years before the birth of Christ. Here's what the prophet shared.
0: So for yourselves, righteousness. Reap steadfast love, break up your fallow ground, for it is time to seek the Lord that he may come and reign. There's that word, it keeps coming up, righteousness, being right with God. Reign righteousness upon you. You have plowed wickedness. You have reaped injustice. You have eaten the fruit of lies because you have trusted in your power and in the multitude of your warriors.
1: So the prophet Hosea says, we don't reap good when we sow evil and injustice, and, and that is true. God called the people of Israel to sow righteousness, doing what reaps steadfast love. Steadfast. I love that word, steadfast love. Steady, reliable, unwavering love. And as God's people, the people of Israel, plow through life then God calls them to seek the Lord, and as they seek the Lord, it is so cool. He may come and rain righteousness upon you. Just think about that. Think about how that feels. The raining righteousness, it feels like a cleansing kind of thing. When I think about God, sometimes I can just feel like a gentle rain or a washing, and it only God can Give us those kinds of moments. And so as we plow our personal fields and and take a look at all the kinds of seeds we sow, we need to take a chapter out of this book. Remember, we can't plow under our own power. Do you see you have trusted in your own power? We can't trust in our own power. We can only trust in the power of God, in God's righteousness, in God's Holy Spirit in faith. Just one more step in faith. Trusting. Not in earthly powers. It's so easy to do that. That's what we hear, you know. This or that is truth and it's not. The truth is in the scripture. It's not in the culture. The truth And so this message is about sowing good seed, recognizing that so often, because of our sinfulness, we do quite the opposite. Instead, sowing Christ-centered seeds that will reap righteousness in our lives and in the lives around us.
0: Hmm. In his ministry, Paul wrote... Or established churches, various churches around Asia Minor. And then what we read in the, much of the New Testament is letters that he then subsequently wrote to those churches, uh, oftentimes, again, trying to keep them on track and giving them suggestions, advice, uh, holding them accountable. And uh, Galatians is one such letter. There are two letters that he wrote to the church at Corinth. Corinth was a, a crazy wild city. He had his work cut out for him there. And uh, And uh, so he wrote uh, in his second letter to that church at Corinth. Paul shares once again this sowing and reaping concept, and in this case, it's a little more focused. It's a little uh, he he picks out a particular subject to focus on in the sowing and reaping, or reaping rather. And this is what he says. He says the point is this: the one who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and the one who sows bountifully will also reap. Bountifully, each of you must give as you have made up your mind, not reluctantly or, or under compulsion. Say the rest with me. For God loves you. He loves a what? Cheerful giver. Did you smile when you said that? He loves a cheerful giver, not a reluctant, sour faced, okay, here's yours, God. Giver. A cheerful giver. And God is able to provide you with every blessing. <coughs> How much? In abundance, in abundance, that's a lot. So that by always having enough of everything, you may share abundantly in every good work. As it is written, he scatters abroad, he gives to the poor. His righteousness endures for how long? Forever. He who supplies seed to the sower, this would be God, and bread for food will supply and multiply your seed for sowing and increase the harvest of your righteousness. Wow.
1: So Paul flips this concept of, excuse me, you reap what you sow, uh, right over, kind of like a reverse angle. Because Paul says, if you sow sparingly, you reap sparingly. So you reap what you sow. Paul's talking here in terms of volume. Paul is encouraging his audience, and that's us, to be more generous by pointing out that the more we plant, the more we come up. Now, in our yard, the more grass seed Alan puts in the yard, thank you very much, the more grass we hope comes up. I mean, it's like logic. word there's hope. Yeah, it's like logic. <laughs> it's one of God's ongoing rules of just... How things work: the more you give, the more you get. And we don't give to get, but we just give because that's what Christ calls us to do. Whether it's our effort, or whether it's love, whether it's possessions.
0: So interesting how this works, because it's actually contrary to what most of us would think would be common sense. Most of us would think, "Well, I give it away." then I don't have it anymore. But the way it works in kingdom work, in God world, is the more I give, the more I receive.
1: God's economy is flipped. God's
0: economy is 180 degrees for more normal economy thinking. Exactly. That's good. We had a book in, uh, our, uh, dean of students when we were in seminary wrote a book called God's Economy, and that's exactly what he talked about in that, that God's economy is the exact opposite of ours. We cannot outgive God. We cannot out-give God. And, and, and we came to realize that years ago when we finally were led to start tithing. And, and first thing that happened when we were led that way, our whole concept of money and possessions changed because we came to realize that it wasn't ours. It's all God's. I mean, not just the 10% that we tithe, but the 90 that we keep is still God's, and so God, uh, we try to prayerfully say, well, what do you want us to do with this, Lord? I mean, we go to buy a car. Is this the one, Lord? Please let this be the one. Please don't let that be the one. You know, we try to tune into how God will want us to use God's stuff. So, secondly, um, uh, since it's God's, then then we're more focused, like I just said, on what God would have us do with it. And third, then, since it's God's and God's in control and God knows a whole lot more than we do, thank you, we start worrying less and less about money and more and more about what God wants us to do with it. It's very freeing when you're able to kind of let it go. And as a result, and that doesn't mean be a spendthrift because God doesn't tell us to just Do foolish things with our money. That's not what God says. God would want us to prayerfully consider what God would have us do. And fourth, we were able to be much more generous than we'd ever been or ever dreamed of being, and still we have plenty in our lives. And we're not just talking about church tithing, but just being able to be more generous. You know, when it's all God's uh, and we treat it as God would, God's very generous. Can I get an amen on that? Let me tell you what I mean by that. God God is very a million times generous because God gave us his only son who died for you and me so that we might live through eternity. You can't get any more generous than that. That's just awesome generousness. There you go.
1: So generosity. And we're just not talking, we're just talking generous with our lives. Generous with who we are and who God calls us to be generous with our serving generous you know God is not stingy not a bit and if we claim Christ as our savior then we begin to look more like Christ and then we don't live out that stinginess as much so the question always comes to this what about you? What about you? What kinds of seeds are you sowing, and how many? Are they seeds of joy? Are they seeds of compassion? Are they seeds of grace? Are they seeds of love? Or are they seeds of anger or hatred, seeds of malice or bitterness? God calls us to give. Are you a cautious giver with your lives? Remember, we reap what we sow. So sow seeds, sow righteous seeds, sow Christ-filled seeds. Sow seeds of that fruit of the Spirit that comes when we accept Christ and begin to live that out, that sanctified life, that holy life. Where It's all Holy Spirit stuff. It's not us. You know, love, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, self-control. Those are good seeds. Let's be known by the seeds that we sow. Because it's not us, it's Christ who we reflect and model. And it's only through his power that we can sow those good seeds and ask for strength to not so the bad ones. Great thing, too, is that we can ask for forgiveness. We repent, and then Christ washes us like that rain, and we can start again because we're new every day in Christ. And we're going to talk about that next as we celebrate the sacrament of holy communion where we can come just as we are and receive the gift that God has for us. Connection Church, The Gospel of Jesus Christ. Let's live it. Let's believe it. Let's sow seeds generously. And let's pray. Almighty God, it's really hard. I do what I don't want to do and I don't do what I want to do and I have these sins this these times when I miss the mark so much. I but I thank you for your forgiveness, for that you came for me so that I can see deep down inside and, and be washed and start again. Thank you. Thank you for your generosity of grace, that unmerited love that we don't deserve, but just give us so lavishly. We thank you for this time of worship together, coming together to hear your word coming together to encourage one another, to make a difference. We give this time to you with thanksgiving and praise. Amen.
0: Thank you for joining us for our podcast. For more information about Connection Community Church in Middletown, Delaware, please visit our website at justshowup.church. You can also call our church offices at
1: 302-378-7692. Church, connecting people with Jesus and the life.